0: We're back with another episode of the Eat Scripture Podcast. Yep. This is Gina and Eric Robinson. Yes. And we are walking through Second Kings.
1: Yay, Second Kings.
0: We're um, on chapter nine today.
1: Yeah, we are. We
0: get to talk about um, what's actually been
1: uh, been leading prophesied. up to this for a long <laughs> of time. Yeah.
0: yeah. From 1 Kings, mm-hmm. when Elijah was supposed to um,
1: go and anoint yeah. a future king in Israel. he's told also to go and anoint a future
0: king in Aram. Right, uh, which is odd, a yeah. Gentile king. Yep. And then this king in Israel. Mm-hmm. And,
1: and he's going to anoint his successor, e- e- Elisha. Right. Well, we've kind of seen these guys... Come on the scene in a staggered way with Elisha coming first and now we're finally getting in on this king of Iran, Syria, and the king of Judah or Israel. Israel. And so we're watching this happen, but like you're saying, we've kind of been set up for this and waiting for a long time. Yeah, in
0: fact, fact most now. people probably have forgotten that it was even that it was even prophesied. That's right. I mean That's, you can read through here and completely forget that that Yes. happened
1: That's for sure. Many years have gone by, no question about it, and uh, we've been waiting through the, through the kingship of one king for a long time.
0: And of course, it, uh, God told them that it would be the end of the armored dynasty, but mm-hmm. we haven't seen that yet either, right? And so this is all going to culminate in these next uh, couple of chapters, right
1: here. I mean, yeah, yeah. boy. Also, chapter <clears throat> 9 and a 10. A lot of drama. Lots of drama. <laughs> lots and lots of drama. Um, and, and it's happening very quickly. All this seems to be happening very quickly mm-hmm. in 9 and 10, where we've gone. We've had a lot all of years this, uh-huh. going by in these past chapters. Not so in 9 and 10. Everything's happening very, very quickly. So, yeah, now that we're at 9, we're going to see some things start happening that we've known were going to happen for a while. Right. So chapter. I mean, nine. even
0: before when we saw him uh, go anoint Haziel, king of Syria. Mm-hmm. Even though that was prophesied before, still nothing has really happened. So right. okay, you haven't seen it. He's sure. king now, but right. mm-hmm. what does that mean? Right. So now we we're just get know to
1: that see. when he did become king, it was prophesied that whoever escaped mm-hmm. his sword, uh, whoever escaped his sword, Jehu would take care of. And so that's kind of, that's where we <laughs> have kind of had our sights on that a little bit, whatever that meant, not really understanding it. Well, we're about to get
0: that understood. Well, and we did see at the end of the last chapter that um, Joram, or Jehoram, mm-hmm. uh, the son of Ahab, the son of Ahab, mm-hmm. right, has gone out to war against the Syrians, mm-hmm. Haziel,
1: mm-hmm. and he's
0: been wounded,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and he's back in um, Jezreel mm-hmm. being Correct. healed, or hoping to heal up, I guess,
1: Yeah,
0: and uh, Ahaziah, the son of Jehoram, king of Judah, right. is that right? That I'm, is right. I don't want to say these wrong, uh-huh. but, Um, is fighting with him. Mm-hmm. They've made an alliance, and they're fighting together. And he has gone to um, see Jehoram in Jezreel.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: And and it's we talked last time about how complicated this all gets because their names are confused, they're intermarrying.
1: Yes. Now the family <clears throat> lines are intermarrying. And so
0: ah- Ahaziah is actually
1: the son, the nephew
0: of... of this Jehoram.
1: Yeah. And he's the yes, the nephew of this Jehoram in the north. Right. And the son uh, <laughs> of Jehoram of the South. Right. And also the son of a daughter, so his mom,
0: right,
1: who is
0: Ahab's, Ahab's daughter. daughter. Right. So that's how he's related. Yeah. So it's all getting very confused, but we know this is what's happened. Yeah. The two kings of the North and the South are in Jezreel. And uh, yeah. Jehoram is injured. Yeah, so. yeah.
1: Actually, uh, we should say we should clarify that um, a little bit more. Okay. As we just for one more thing to say is uh, we just said son of Ahab's daughter. He's the son of the daughter, a granddaughter of Omri. Uh, right, is, which like is it, says, which it would, is Ahab's daughter. Right, that would be Ahab's daughter. We're going to see that more later, but it gets it pointed out first to us, I think, in that way, I right. think, um, which was verse 26 of chapter 8. We just saw that. So that's his mom. But it'll be clarified further, even right. more uh, to us. But if you're wondering where she is, that's her.
0: Anyway, we kind of ended in the middle of that to start chapter 9 this
1: yep. time. So we will yep.
0: continue there.
1: Yes. So let's. Take a look at chapter 9 and start reading in verse 1, and I think probably go through verse 13 to begin.
0: Okay. Then Elisha the prophet called one of the sons of the prophets and said to him, Tie up your garments and take this flask of oil in your hand and go to Ramoth Gilead, And when you arrive there, look for Jehu, the son of Jehoshaphat, son of Nimshi, and go in and have him rise from among his fellows and lead him to an inner chamber. Then take the flask of oil and pour it on his head and say, Thus says the Lord, I anoint you king over Israel. Then open the door and flee. Do not linger. So the young man, the servant of the prophet, went to Ramoth Gilead, and when he came, behold, the commanders of the army were in council, and he said, I have a word for you, O commander. And Jehu said, to which, of us, uh, to which of us all? And he said, To you, O commander. So he arose and went into the house. And the young man poured the oil on his head, saying to him, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I anoint you king over the people of the Lord over Israel, and you shall strike down the house of Ahab your master. So that I may avenge on Jezebel, the blood of my servants, the prophets, and the blood of all the servants of the Lord. For the whole house of Ahab shall perish. And I will cut off from Ahab every male, bond or free, in Israel. And I will make the house of Ahab like the house of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, and like the house of Baasha, the son of Ahijah. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And the dogs shall eat Jezebel in the territory of Jezreel, and none shall bury her. Then he opened the door and fled. When Jehu came out to the servants of his master, they said to him, Is all well? Why did this mad fellow come to you? And he said, You know the fellow and his talk. And they, say, they said, That is not true. Tell us now. And he said, Thus and so he spoke to me, saying, Thus says the Lord, I anoint you king over Israel. Then in haste, every man of them took took his garment and put it under him on the bare steps, and they blew the trumpet and proclaimed, Jehu is king. Hmm.
1: Well, this becomes, of course, our, our anointing passage for our next king of Israel. This is how we get to know about him. And he is called by God to do away with Ahab and Ahab's life. And so here he is being anointed through God's prophet who sins, Elisha sins, one of his sons of the prophets, if you will, apparently, Mm -hmm. to do this work and go in the north, Uh, this one who's going to next be king, whose name is Jehu. Jehu, interestingly enough, means Yahweh himself. So that's kind of in our heads as we're thinking about what he's doing. Um, because God himself certainly is a, certainly a bringing vengeance. Yes. yes, and he's going to be a type, um, a strong type for Christ. But he's going to be a type not in the suffering servant way. He's going to be a type in the conqueror, the great the conqueror, judgment the, and the judge. Conqueror, yes. yes, exactly. Yes. way. And so that's what we're watching when we're watching Jehu, this Yahweh himself figure. So now we he's know we find son out. Very of early. Verse two. What? What? He's a son of the king of the south. But God has called him to do away with Ahab's line completely, and he's gonna wind up taking the throne of the north. That's what's about to happen. So that in itself is very interesting. Why wouldn't he take the throne of the south if he's the son of the king mm-hmm. of the south? And yet, we're going to find out as we continue to read that he's been very tied to Ahab and Ahab's kingdom for a long time. We're going right. to see that when we get all the way into verse 25 and other places. We're going to see that he's he's been hanging around with Ahab and being a commander um, of some sort in his army for a long time. But again, we remember Jehoshaphat has not really had
0: he was making problem being
1: connected to Abraham's for a long time yeah yeah. and again what we were talking about before your question is always where does the desire for unity stop and the need for righteousness Mm -hmm. begin Um, because God obviously does not want them intermixing with Baal worshippers even though they are technically brothers and God would love it if the brothers would come back together under him but Jehoshaphat has gotten himself into a couple of bad positions where he's tried to be stay connected to his brothers even though they've gone down very bad spiritual paths.
0: I think under him is the key word. He would like for them to unite under him. Yeah. Yes, God Not just to unite. Mm -hmm. Correct. For uniting's sake. Right. And going off with what the kings of the north Yes. were doing, so.
1: Yes. So, Great to point that out there. Verse two, if we're careful readers, we should go, wait a second, son of Jehoshaphat, what? Mm-hmm. Sure enough, that's who he is. And so Elijah, Elisha is telling his, you know, disciple uh, to go take a flask of oil, find Jehu, pour this on his head, take him off to it in a room by himself, pour this on his head, anoint him king, and then get out of there quick. Right. Which is an interesting little part of the thing he tells him to do. And you're like, why does he say that? What's so important about rushing out of there? But that's well, exactly what Him being what he anointed with the account.
0: oil is also very telling. Because yeah. that hasn't happened. I mean...
1: Yeah, this kind um, of anointing. Saul was King.
0: anointed, right?
1: Um, I cannot remember. David certainly was.
0: David was. But I don't... We'd have to go back and look. I think I read this somewhere, but I can't remember. But it's not,
1: mm-hmm. every
0: king doesn't, it doesn't tell right. us about, about their anointing, this kind of anointing by a prophet.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But here Jehu certainly is. So yes, becomes a big deal. <clears throat> sure enough, the young man goes, he finds Jehu. He calls him off into a inner room by himself and pours the oil on his head. Tells him, the Lord has called you, and here's what you're supposed to do, wipe out Ahab's, all of Ahab's life, yeah. um, and God is avenging
0: himself. And then he um, runs away, about. which is somewhat funny to me. Yeah. I don't know. The whole scene seems a little odd. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, it is kind of strange. Even when it's he comes strange. out
0: and his friends say,
1: what was that all about? Yeah, what
0: was that crazy guy doing here? And he says, oh, you know, he just says things. And they said, no, tell us. Yeah. And when he told them, they immediately react.
1: Yes, they react. It's almost
0: as if Jehu didn't really take it seriously until they did.
1: It is like that. It's almost like he's got a real humility about Mm -hmm. him. It's like, well, it was nothing. Don't worry about it. Almost is what it kind of sounds like in verse 11, 12, 11 and 12. Um, You're wondering how he means that. And they're, you know, they're asking what that crazy man want, what that crazy dude want. So everybody kind of feels like this guy's kind of acting,
0: mm-hmm. kind of
1: crazy, strange, weird.
0: I think uh, he was nervous.
1: <laughs> and Jehu says, "Oh, basically, Jehu says, oh, he's just like that. Don't worry about it. Not a big deal." And they're like, "No, there was something to that. What is it?" And that's when he tells them what the guy said. And interesting. The interesting part to me is how quickly they, they accept it. I mean, they yes. seem to be like, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, Jay, you should we be king. We see that, yeah. You're the guy who should be mm-hmm. king, absolutely. And so they start bowing down to him and even put Take their cloaks their on, cloak. their, on the yeah. ground for him to walk on.
0: Which we don't see anywhere else except for when Jesus entered Jerusalem. Is Nowhere
1: that right? in the Old Testament besides this. Again, making him the Christ very much as a type, you would think, mm-hmm. um, putting him in that frame. And then they're proclaiming Jehu's king, blowing the trumpet. This is a big, this is a coronation ceremony. This is an informal day if it is, um, which I think it is, an informal, moving toward formal kind of coronation ceremony for Jehu. So yay, we've got a good king now. be we're sticking with him. It seems like they're not having any problem at all going with him as their king where it is up till now, Jehoram has been the one that they've been following. Right. But Jehoram, I'm sure Mm -hmm. they're all aware, is recouping now from his latest battle with Syria. Mm -hmm. He was able to escape the edge of the sword of Hazael. Right. But we were told way back in 1 Kings 19 that whoever escaped that would be done in by Jehu. Jehu,
0: who we didn't even know at the time. we didn't even know. We didn't even know
1: what that meant. And so here he is. Oh, so what's Jehu going to do next? Well, we've got a pretty good idea. Uh, So let's read it. Let's read it. Verse 14, and probably we should go ahead and read all the way through
0: 29. Okay. Thus Jehu, the son of Jehoshaphat, the son of Nimshi, conspired against Joram. Now, Joram, with all Israel, had been on guard at Ramoth-Gilead against Haziel, king of Syria. But King Joram had returned to be healed in Jezreel of the wounds that the Syrians had given him when he fought with Haziel, king of Syria. So So, Jehu said, if this is your decision, let no one slip out of the city to go and tell the news in Jezreel. Then Jehu mounted his chariot and went to Jezreel, for Joram lay there. And Ahaziah, king of Judah, had come down to visit Joram. Now the watchman was standing on the tower in Jezreel, and he saw the company of Jehu as he came and said, I see a company. And Joram said, Take a horseman and send to meet them, and let him say, Is it peace? So a man on horseback went to meet him. And said, Thus says the king, Is it peace? And Jehu said, What do you you have to do with peace? Turn around and ride behind me. And the watchman reported, saying, The messenger reached them, but he's not coming back. Then he sent out a second horseman, who came to them and said, Thus the king has said, Is it peace? And Jehu answered, What do you have to do with peace? Turn around and ride with me. Again, the watchman reported, He reached them, but he's not coming back. And the driving is like the driving of Jehu, the son of Nimshi, for he drives furiously. Joram said, Make ready. And they all made ready his chariot. Then Joram king of Israel and Ahaziah king of Judah set out, each in his chariot, and went to meet Jehu and met him at the property of Naboth the Jezreelite. And when Joram saw Jehu, he said, Is it peace, Jehu? He answered, What peace can there be, so long as the whorings and the sorceries of your mother Jezebel are so many? Then Joram reined about and fled, saying to Ahaziah, Treachery, O oh Ahaziah! And Jehu drew his bow with his full strength and shot Joram between the shoulders, so that the arrow pierced his heart, and he sank in his chariot. Jehu said to Bidkar, his aide, Take him up and throw him on the plot of ground belonging to Naboth the Jezreelite. For remember, when you and I rode side by side, Ahab his father, uh, let's see, side by side behind Ahab his father, how the Lord made this pronouncement against him. As surely as I saw yesterday the blood of Naboth and the blood of his sons, declares the Lord, I will repay you on this plot of ground. Now therefore, take him up and throw him on the plot of ground in accordance with the word of the Lord. When Ahaziah, the king of Judah, saw this, he fled in the direction of Beth-hagan, and Jehu pursued him and said, Shoot him also. And they shot him in the chariot at the ascent of Ger, which is by Ibliom, and he fled to Megiddo and died there. His servants carried him in a chariot of Jerusalem, to Jerusalem and buried him in his tomb with his fathers in the city of David. In the 11th year of Joram, the son of Ahab, Ahaziah, began to reign over Judah. Wow. Okay. Which is so interesting that it ends that way because mm-hmm. we already know Ahaziah's fate. Yeah. And so it's almost like it's telling us before it ever starts that yeah. he's, he's done. Right. He didn't nice last long.
1: Yep. This is so, this gets weird, but it's very much the fulfillment of exactly what God said to Elijah back after he came out of the cave. Because what God said was, the one who escapes Haziel's sword, Jehu will take care of. Well, that's what we find out is happening here. This is exactly what Jehu is doing. He is going straight to, and he tells his, you know, fellows here. That uh, fellow. fellows, people with him uh, verse 15 that if that's your decision in other to words, it, I'm that the I'm king, king then uh, don't let anybody go and say anything to Jehoram uh, in Jezreel because yeah, that's where i headed with it and let's it's make this be happen
0: secret,
1: yeah. yep, so he mounts on his chariot and off he rides. sure enough and he finds that Ahaziah has also come down to visit Jehoram. we know that Ahaziah also has the blood of Ahab in him. So he's part of Ahab's house.
0: Right. Je- so Jehoram Ahaziah and Ahaziah, Ahaziah are together is J- in Jezreel. Nephew.
1: That's right. Mm-hmm. Yep. What? <laughs> I know. This it's is so convoluted. Easy. Oh my goodness. So he is, Ahaziah is the... Ransom of Jehoshaphat. We know that. Right. Ahaziah is. So he's
0: he's Jehoram's nephew, and he's also Jehu's
1: nephew. Right. Correct. Okay. He's uh, yes, and of course he's Jehoram's son. Jehoram, the son of Jehoshaphat. Yeah. He's Jehoram, he's that Jehoram's son, but he's Jehoram. I'm sorry. Ahaziah is. Ah, no. ah, Ahaziah. Ahaziah. Jehu oh, yes. is the son okay. of Jehoshaphat. Now
0: listen to us. We're getting so confused. <laughs> it yes, is. You're right.
1: Folks, if you have trouble, read the Bible because it gets kind of confusing to you. Do not be dismayed. It is
0: This part, crazy. especially, well, a lot of it is, but this is very confusing. But the names I'm, are confusing, the way they're intermarrying.
1: and And we should reiterate to all of you again. That folks, it's probably this is probably happening for a spiritual illustration as well. This is confusing because Israel and Judah have become confused. in their own selves about who they are related to Yahweh they're all intermixing they're all they've they've gone down each other's ugly paths they've all it's very hard to distinguish one from the other that's the problem
0: Judah is looking just like Israel Judah looks
1: just like Israel wait which one are we talking about why are their kings named the same thing I mean this is why because they I think
0: that's the important thing to take away from all this confusion Mm -hmm. is that it's it has become chaos
1: Mm-hmm. It's chaotic. Even to try and get a grip on in your brain, it is a chaotic thing. Um, so, yeah, we are really watching as this continues to happen and trying to get a hold on it. So, Jehu is on his way now to Jezreel. Now, that's interesting because that's the very it points it out to us too, as if we had forgotten just in case. Right, it
0: reminds us of the whole thing that we kind of reminded you of in the beginning.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and I was thinking especially of verse 21, all this is about to take place at the property of Naboth the Jezreelite. So just in case you've forgotten that story, which was back at the end of 1 Kings and was the reason why in 1 Kings 21, at the end of 1 Kings 21, God made a huge pronouncement against the house of Ahab because of what he had done to Naboth Naboth. in Jezreel and trying to take that vineyard. 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 And so we are right by that property. Well, that's very apropos, of course. Oh, this is where the judgment's going to take place, uh, of course. So it
0: makes sense. Jehu apparently drives crazy.
1: Yes, he's known for driving crazy.
0: Grandfather, maybe? Uh, It says. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, it's so interesting. He's known for being a crazy driver because that's how the that's how the guy <laughs> on the wall recognized him. Well, uh, I tell you this, he drives. sure drives like a crazy man. Drives like Jehu, because you know Jehu drives crazy. Uh, uh, that's what which it says in verse that, twenty.
0: That word there, I think, furiously, furiously mm-hmm. is the same as yep. the madman over yes. here in, when in verse ask, eleven. Yes. Yep. That, so that there's there's a lot of crazy. Happening. Drives
1: like a madman is what it says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As the same, so the cra- Yes, the crazy continues. Right. Like there's this theme of crazy. Right. People are people are acting and doing things that are just like out of the like uh, out of the norm or a crazy story you never hear, or maybe never. Want I don't know to hear.
0: what to make of the fact that the, that it was the third time that they sent somebody out. Like the first two times, the pe- the messengers joined. Jehu, yeah, and then yeah, then and only uh,
1: then does J- does um, Jehoram go out. Um, yes, Jehoram goes out to meet him. Yeah, and I don't know exactly what to make of that either. That's a good question. Yeah, I
0: don't um, know. I'm, I've but thought about that. But the fact is, by the
1: time the messengers come out, whenever Jehoram says what he has to say, they this, get behind him and continue to. Right. In other words, they're getting on his side immediately. Right. They're deciding who they're going to line up with. Oh. Well, I'd rather be with this guy than with Jehoram for sure right. so they get behind him and they start riding with him uh, people seem to want a different king they do right. not want Jehoram to be their
0: king and they anymore. know that I mean it's like they're saying is it peace and it seems like Jehu is saying do you have peace with Jehoram uh-huh.
1: yeah you know. what do you have to do with peace right. are you kidding me uh, look at who you're serving and get so, behind me Yeah. either get behind me or get ready to battle um, and so they keep getting behind him. And then sure enough, Jehoram, Joram decides he has to go out and see for himself, which he and Ahaziah take, mm-hmm. uh, take a chariot out and meet Jehu and say, is it peace to him? To which he says, how can there be peace? As yeah. as the whorings of your, you know, so long as the whorings of your, uh, and sorceries of your mother Jezebel are so many. So really just points finger straight at Jezebel right. and the whole thing. Now this leads, of course, Johor, Joram knows now, oh, this is bad. I gotta get out of here. He is mad. This is the end of this. And so he turns around as quick as he can, yells, treachery to Ahaziah, and they try to ride away, but but he shoots his uh, Jehu shoots his bow and strikes. Right between the shoulder blades on Jorah that caused him to die. So he's going to die like his dad died
0: with mm-hmm. an oro,
1: uh, arrow, <laughs> with an, <or> an arrow, <laughs> arrow taken.
0: <laughs> or an oro, whatever you want uh, yeah. Taken
1: in his chariot. Right. Uh, and, uh, and then he's going to die in the chariot. It's very apropos. This is so, <laughs> you know, God has lined up things just perfectly here, as it were. And so he is dying this way in his chariot. Ahaziah uh, is trying to flee, also in verse twenty-seven, and Jehu pursues him, and they shoot him in his chariot, um, and then he dies. When
0: he, get, he, he makes flees it to, to Megiddo, Megiddo and dies yeah, there, that's right. Which I think that's something yeah. too. But I didn't
1: and like he will get buried back in Jerusalem, along with it says buried with his fathers, verse twenty-eight, for Ahaziah. He's going to be buried with the kings in Jerusalem. It's not, his body's not going to be laying around to be eaten by dogs or birds or whatever. Right. Even though he is Ahab's offspring. But he's also a direct descendant of Jehoshaphat and in the line of David. And therefore, I guess God is going to show mercy there and he's going to be buried in Jerusalem. But sure enough, that's not how things they, are going to work out they for don't.
0: Josh, or, uh, Jehoram's, body Jehoram's body in Naboth's field.
1: Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, I will repay you on this plot of ground, uh, is what Jehu brings up again to one of those who's riding with him. We can see that. Bidkar, his aide, is riding with Jehu. In verse 25, Mm -hmm. this is an interesting verse because Jehu talks to him and says, Take up and throw him on the plot of ground belonging to Naboth the Jezreelite. And then he says, For remember when you and I rode side by side behind Ahab his father, how the Lord made this pronouncement against him. And And then he says, it's a pronouncement. That God made. And so he was writing with Ahab on the day that Ahab got that word from Elijah about God's judgment. That was quite a while back. You know. So he's been part of Ahab's
0: army for a long time. For quite
1: some time. He's been serving behind Ahab or under Ahab and Ahab's son. Probably when Ahab
0: and Jehoshaphat joined forces somehow Mm -hmm. and They got tied, me, got tied, families got tied
1: together, and yep, they were making all sorts of alliances. And, My son will work for you, and we'll get our son and daughter to marry each other, and you know, all yeah. sorts of, I mean, they're, it's this, again, this reunification of Israel ideal, except not with, unfortunately, good spiritual things in mind right. for how to go forward. Right. Um, and so that has led to all sorts of problems, but sure enough, that's where we are now, is we're watching Jehu the son of Jehoshaphat and the uncle of the one he just killed Mm
0: -hmm.
1: he is the one bringing the sword down so heavy on north Israel and we're going to find out in chapter 10 that he's also going to be the next king of north Israel
0: Right. he's been anointed but so odd that he's going to be king of the north
1: yes the son of Jehoshaphat a Davidic Line yeah. ruler yeah, he's, is going to be the king of the north. He's got David's blood running
0: through his veins but he's going to be a king in the north.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but he's not at the same time interestingly going to take over the south even though he's killed the south's king right you're here. you right. He's going to leave mm-hmm. the... <laughs> the mother of this dude on the throne. We haven't got to her yet. Yeah, he's afraid um, of her. In the south, yeah. She is something <laughs> else. Uh, but that's where we find ourselves uh, by the end of verse 29. This is the kind of intrigue yeah. that's going on. We didn't so get quite to, to
0: the culmination.
1: Yeah. Um, but but the dead that? bodies have begun and mm-hmm. we aren't even like Judgment you said. That, has that yet. Judgment has started. Started. We are, boy, we have a lot to go. It is, it is, his sword has started started swiping and it is not going to stop swinging, stop swinging until uh, deep into 10 and uh, chapter 10. And he's going to have a lot of blood on it by then. So he is God's hand of vengeance again, that against a family line that has not been true to him, true to God. So that's what we see Jehu doing.
0: Amazing story.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll continue next time starting in verse 30. Um, this is very interesting, like we said. So we're watching Jehu be God's instrument of judgment on an evil house um, that he has made pronouncement about a long time ago. Right.
0: And though he is a type of Christ, yes, he's not uh, the mm-hmm. gentle... Savior, that's right. the one the, who comes suffering right.
1: servant. Type. Right. He's not that. This mm-hmm. is the. This is the
0: conqueror. Saviour who comes this, in vengeance and right. judgment. And, that's right. That's uh, uh, like right. to take care know, of the evil.
1: The ultimate antitype being found in Revelation 19. Right. When Jesus comes with sword coming out of his mouth, and he is just slaying all of his enemies. And there. that's that's the ultimate antitype we're looking for. All of these judgment right. periods until then are just types. All of these things that are happening like this are just types of what we're waiting for when he ultimately comes. But this is certainly a time because God's judgment is being executed on those who have not stayed close to him. Okay.
0: Stay tuned for next time.
1: Yep. Yep, definitely. We will talk to you all later. Hope you have a great few days. God bless everyone. Stay in the word.